It's your boy Big Toe, aka your boy Big Grad, and you now checking into episode six, Tory versus Big Toe, and we gonna cover a lot in this episode. Oh, 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 we gonna get into a lot of good stuff. But first thing I want to take is time to acknowledge all the graduates. If you're watching this and you're a graduate, if you're watching this and you know somebody who a graduate, reach out to them and say congratulations. And I want to take some time to say congratulations to your boy Big Toe, cause I did it. Out of all the obstacles, I did it. And it feels crazy to graduate. Like, I really woke up this morning. It's the day after graduation. And I thought, like, dang, I really just graduated. And it feels like a culmination of a lot of things. I remember it was a time in my life where I didn't even feel like I would go to college. It was a time in my life where I never knew if I was going to be successful or not. And I don't know why, but just the feeling I got walking across that stage. And I hit the blade. I hit that boy across the stage. It just felt like a culminating moment. It felt like Big Toe has arrived. And like just recently, it's just feel like it's just been my season. But graduation just felt like a culmination of so many great things. And I'm just so more, I'm just so much more excited for the future. Like graduation in the moment leading up to it didn't feel like a big deal. But when I walked across that stage, I really realized I took my last undergrad final today. I did this. I overcame this obstacle. And not only did I do it, I did it in great fashion. I've been RBM president, as y'all can see. I did so many great things at the school, won scholarships, internships, did everything. And it's like I did it my way. And I crossed that stage when I hit the blade dance. I did it my way. And it just made me feel like, wow, there's so many times in life where I didn't believe in myself. And it made me feel like this is all the reason why I always should believe in myself. Because being myself is what got me there. So we're going to dive into who I really am. And we're going to get deep in this episode. And it's going to take a lot for me to be vulnerable in front of this camera. But I'm going to do it. Because the same way I got to graduation was being myself. And the only way this platform is going to grow is if I be myself in front of y'all. So we're going to get right off into it. You feel me? But don't think I messed up the intro. Because I didn't. I know y'all y'all been waiting on episode six. We we gonna act like the what we did that we gonna act like the Gatorade did just spill over me. But episode six here. So let's get right off into it. Alright, so first I wanna talk to y'all about my childhood. So of course I was born August 14th, 2000. You know, shout out to the Leos. But when I was born, I was born with a seizure disorder and a heart murmur. So this is something I don't really like to talk about a lot because it's not like I'm here to garner sympathy from people. But to be honest, growing up was kind of hard. I couldn't really do things like other children. Um, I would have seizures in my sleep. So it was just it was hard for me to combat that. My heart murmur would stop me from participating in sports. And it just it made me so much different from other kids. I didn't have the luxury of just knowing that I was going to be OK. Did it. And I think it taught me that you can't take any moment for granted because while other kids was complaining about going to school five days a week, I couldn't always go to school five days a week. I had to, I had anxiety about going to sleep because I didn't want to have another seizure. And in that time in my life, I was a kid, so I didn't really realize what exactly was going on, but I had people around me like my mom, my dad, my brother, who really stood by me through that time. And it was really hard. It was extremely hard because every time I went to sleep, I thought, would I have a seizure? And it got so bad to the point that in 
elementary and middle school, I would wake up and if I had a seizure, it's like my left leg would go dead. So I would be two hours before school walking around, basically trying to teach myself or wake my leg up, teach myself how to walk again right before school. And this became an occurrence. And it just made me appreciate all the small things about life. Maybe appreciate walking, appreciate going to school, appreciate my opportunity. And that's why one of my favorite quotes is, if you can't, if you're not happy with your reality, you can get excited about your opportunity. Let me rephrase that. If you're not excited about your reality, you can get excited about your opportunity. I really love that quote because that's where my life started. I didn't have the opportunity, God, to do everything. I didn't have the opportunity to have the luxury of, like I said, just knowing I'm going to be okay. I had to know that it's an opportunity for me to be better. And it's an opportunity for this to go away. So get a little bit deeper into the story. Doctors used to tell my mom, like, hey, you shouldn't have him in all of these sports. You shouldn't be doing this and that. And my parents, shout out to them, because they never let the doctors limit who Tori was. If Tori wanted to play basketball, they let me play basketball. If Tori wanted to run track, they let me run track. And what ended up happening eventually is me and my mom just came to the to the decision that, I wasn't going to live my life by some doctor's rules. I wasn't going to live my life for anyone else but myself. So what happened is I joined the basketball team. I became the the captain of the basketball team. I wasn't even supposed to be on the basketball team, became the captain, which looking back on this, like that was the first real big achievement in my life. Yeah, your boy was captain of the basketball. I had the Derrick Rose sleeve and everything. I was walking around. I was captain of the basketball team. And I remember... I told my mom and me and her had a conversation about me not taking my seizure medicine anymore. And it sounded crazy at first, but it's like the medicine made me drowsy. It made it hard for me to focus at school. It was so many side effects. So I decided I wasn't going to take the medicine no more. So I stopped taking seizure medicine. I just was praying. My brother slept in my room with me every day. He never even growing up till I was like 11. My brother never slept in his own bedroom. He slept in my bedroom to make sure I didn't have seizures, to make sure that even if I did have a seizure, I was good. So I stopped taking the medicine. And it was at that point that I really had to instill faith in myself. So my last time having a seizure was like 10, 11 years ago on Valentine's Day. And it was after about a year of me just saying, I'm not taking my seizure medicine no more. And I remember the doctors flipping out and everything, but me and my mama just had faith. And since that conversation, I've not had another seizure. It's been 11 years and I'm so proud of myself. As far as my heart murmur, I stopped, I just stopped taking medicine altogether. And I was on a basketball team. I started working out. I started just living my life different. Like I said, I wasn't really, I didn't really grow up in a religious household, but I always believed in God and I had faith that things will work out for the better. And it ended up after I became captain of the basketball team, my heart murmur corrected itself. So now I'm sitting in front of you today, someone who is happy. It was extremely joyful about the experiences he went through because it taught me that everything is in promise and every situation isn't created equal but it's what you made out of it because if I would have let some doctors tell me who I was gonna become where would I be today so like that's a little part of my childhood other than the seizure disorder man I used to have fun I grew up on joy Rail. man I go outside every day hoop with my guys do everything we wanted to do and it was just fun because even though I had all of these 
different situations going on, bro. My niggas still by me. Like, we'd go out hoop. They treated me just like I was a part of the game. Like, I was, I was a part of the team. Like, I never felt different. And my brother with people around me would never allow people to treat me different. And that's where the essence of Big Toe came from. Because I realized I was so much different than everybody else. And it was some kids at school that would try to bully me, call me seizure boy, stuff like that. And I was never going for it. And that's where Big Toe came from. The whole essence behind Big Toe is being the truest form of yourself and being proud of whoever that is. And that's really where it started. That's really where it started. It started at me just realizing, all right, I'm different from these kids, but I can't be like everybody else. So it's time for me to just embrace who I am. And that's how I became Big Toe today. But it's a little bit deeper in the story. I'm going to get into that. But I'm going to zoom over to present day and like what I do on the day to day now. Um, now I'm really focused on school, really focused on my friendships, my family, um, on an everyday basis. I try to do something creative. So like you'll see me writing poetry. Um, I'll be on FanDuel, <laughs> betting on parlays. Um, Ooh, excuse me. I work out here and there. And then also, yeah, I take care of school and stuff, but my day to day life is really different every day it's all about how i feel some days i feel like i want to go out i want to experience the world one thing i do that a lot of other people don't do is i take walks i take a lot of walks um walks bring me peace it brings me clarity um i try to just do things that make me feel good so that's that's a lot of my day-to-day but basically if you wanted me to break it down in day four i might wake up in the morning brush my teeth you know do the regular stuff get in the shower um from that point on, I try to handle business because, like, I have my things planned out. And then who gives a fuck what I do? Y'all don't even care what I do. But um, after that point, I look at what I got to do for a day. I try to handle my business and, like, get all my homework done before, like, 5 o'clock. After 5 o'clock, your boy be watching Netflix, watching Hulu, looking up stuff for his podcast, doing creative stuff, taking walks, writing poetry, stuff like that, handling business, looking up scholarships, looking up internships, handling the business. So front half of my day, I try to front load that will work. The back half is more creativity and future plans. So that's how I structure my day to day. And one person asked me what I'm going to school for. So I got my degree. Hey, that's crazy to say now. Like, that's really crazy to say now. Like I could really say not I major in the end, but I got my degree in organizational communications with a minor in leadership over organization. Basically, I studied the way that people promote, people communicate in the organization. And it really gave me a leg up because my whole plan is to go into human resources, which is what my master's is in, human resources and labor relations. So knowing how organizations work, knowing how they communicate, knowing how they promote, knowing how they hire, all of those things really gave me a leg up. So now I'm, like I said, I'm going to school for human resources, labor relations. I'm going to learn how to negotiate. Uh, I'm in a really great master's program. I've done internships around it and everything. So, yeah, it's that's basically what I'm going to school for now is HR. So if you got any HR questions, hit your boy up. You know what I'm saying? It's really, it's really go get lit. But I love HR. It allows me to provide opportunity for people. And it was a time, like I talked about earlier in this episode, where I had a seizure disorder, where I wasn't like everyone else. And in that time, I really cherished the people who provided opportunity for me because 
it wasn't easy as just say, hey, man, the doctors don't want you to be on the basketball team. I'm going to let you be on the basketball team. And that's why I do HR today. I like to give opportunity to people who other people might see as an underdog or see as undeserving who just got that drive and ambition because you can have credentials. You can have all of that. But if you don't got that drive and ambition, that dog in you to go get it. And I feel like since I have that in me, it's easy for me to identify in other people. And then also as a as a black man, we all know how corporate America goes. It's not always it's not equal. I'm not going to say always. It's not equal at all to people of color, to people who come from different black backgrounds. Corporate America doesn't understand people from different backgrounds other than white people. They understand white people, but they don't care about anybody else. And I feel like that's why I really took up HR. I wanted to be in a space where I can help out other people. And then also, even if I'm not hiring you, it allows me to give you knowledge on how to get hired, how to negotiate, how to go harder in the paint. You feel me? And that's why I said, if y'all get this video to 50 views in the first day, I'm going to do a double header. And I got a whole episode plan on knowledge that's going to help you as far as after graduation and everything. So tap in with your boy. Like, tap in with me. I'm going to get it done. But, yeah, HR is just a big way for me to inspire my community, help make the people around me more marketable, and just, yeah, man, help us get the bags that we want to get. I'm not the HR person, and I do hiring. I am not an op. You feel me? Do not call me an op. I'm not the person chasing down your social media page. I'm not that. I hire people. I give people opportunity. I don't even fire people. I strictly hire people, specifically engineers. If somebody's an engineer and watching this video, tap in with me. I probably know some ways to make you more marketable on a personal level but yeah i go to school for hr next question is how did i become big tough all right so <laughs> this is crazy so growing up me and my like everybody from the hood if you from the hood if you know you know everybody has the nickname you feel me so we had my cousin marshawn hey shout out to my cousin marshawn he in the building you feel me <laughs> over there putting his hand up nobody can even see him but his name was Marmar growing up. My brother Trey, his name was Trey Trey. We had an op in the family at the time. His name was Ray Ray. And then we had me, and my name was Toto. Nah, bro, I was not messing with the Toto junk because Toto off of the, like, bro, I ain't a little dog, bro. I don't play with me. You feel me? So as I got older, I was not messing with the Toto, man. The only person who called me Toto is my pops. You feel me? So after that, I had graduated, you feel me? Like, you know how you reach some levels in life. So at the moment, you know, I was in middle school. I'm like, it's just tough. You feel me? It's just tough. You feel me? So <laughs> at that point, man, I'm just going through life. I was really skinny too. That's another part of my journey. I was a premature baby and I was skinny. Like I didn't hit a hundred pounds to like dang near seventh grade. I didn't hit five foot dang near to like 10th or 11th grade. Like, I don't know. I was really small and that's why them seizures would really affect me. But anyway, in like ninth, tenth grade, well, really ninth grade, I gained a little bit of weight. So instead of just being toe, it was big toe. Now the other part of it is like I got a big toe, bro, in real life, but that shit shaped like a golf ball. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. And you feel me? Y'all read this? I'm just playing, bro. Ain't no amount of likes gonna get me to post a picture of my big toe. You feel me? Like Marsha, what's wrong with them? They think I'm gonna post a picture of my big toe. It will never happen. I might put it on some merch though. <laughs> I might put it on some merch though. That would be hard having my big toe on some merch. But yeah, man, it's because I got a big toe that's shaped like a golf ball, and. I'm big toe. That's just what it is. Also, I just knew that nobody else would have a nickname. A lot of y'all run around like man, man, Ray Ray from the squadron, squadron leader. You feel me? 
Big John, all of them, like, you're going to meet another Big John. You ain't never going to meet another Big Toe because you'll be anything you want to be in the world, but you can't be Big Toe. You feel me? So that's why I'm Big Toe. And the essence behind Big Toe is you being Big Toe. It's just like how Rich Homie had. Rich Homie Quan had Rich Homie. You Big Toe if you being yourself. So if your name is Terrell and you being the best Terrell you can be, you call yourself T-Real. I don't care what you call yourself. Man, you being Big Toe if you just being you and you ain't letting other people influence how you act, influence your everyday you feel me? If you being true to yourself, you being Big Toe. And that's how Big Toe came about. And that's the essence and the meaning behind it, man. So even if you don't like the nickname and you tell me you don't like the nickname and it's true to you, you still being Big Toe. You feel me? So you a part of the movement anyway. You can hate and still be a part of the movement. You see how that Big Toe work? You see, that's how that boy get down. That's how that boy get down. But yeah. All right. Somebody asked me to talk about how I met my girlfriend. Bro, y'all always want to be in my business. Like, why y'all want to be in my relationship business? But I'm going to tell y'all the story, so I'm going to cast at this time, you feel me? And we all know in cast it's a million people. So, like, man, I had talked to my man. I met my man's Wayne, you feel me? I'm putting real names in the story. Shout out to Wayne if you're watching this. <laughs> yeah, I met my man's Wayne, so he was like, you feel me? I saw, I saw my baby girl walk in the classroom one day. I'm like, who is that? He like... Man, bro, you don't even need to worry about it. She don't even talk to people. Now, look, bro, if you a guy, you watching this, you know, bro, when your mans tell you, like, man, she don't even talk to niggas, you know that's a challenge. You already know what it is. So from that point forward, I'm, what you mean she don't talk to people? She going to talk to Big Toe. You feel me? So I'm in French class. You feel me? My girl is a rebel. She's skipping. She, she'd be skipping class to come to my class to hang out with her friend. So I'm sitting in class, bro, and, like, she came in our class this day and like leading up to that day i think it was like a dress down day or something i had put on the new h&m fit i had on the carolina blue ones like i had a haircut like i was looking crispy it just felt like the perfect day you feel me so she walked in looking gorgeous looking looking like she wanted to be a part of my life forever you know what i'm saying so i'm over here looking at her from across the room so you know me big time i'm gonna talk my game so I end up going over there. I'm cracking jokes. We over here laughing with a group of people. Every time I cracked a joke, she ain't even, you feel me? Like she was, she was trying to be a hard ass about it. She not trying to crack a smile or nothing. She just blase, blah, blase, blah. So she over here fraternizing with everybody else. At some point, I'm like, man, you feel me? Like, let me get your snap. Like, you feel me? And she was, because I saw her giving everybody else their snap. I was like, let me get your snap. She ended up giving me her snap. So I'm like, what? Man, I'm pressing the issue. She can act me and all she want. You already know what it is. So <laughs> after that point going forward, I used to work at the Decca store. For y'all that went to cast, I work. Y'all already know what that is. So like, I was like DMing her on Snapchat, going back and forth with her. We ended up building like a good little rapport, good little friendship. So I used to show up to a class. It's like walk her to class. You feel me? Like show love on that. And like from the Decca store, bro, <laughs> I would go in the Decca store because I used to help work there and manage there. I'd go in there, get some airheads, you know, take it to my baby show. She's special. Um, she had a debutante ball coming up and like we was really close we was getting really close at this point I can't remember what exactly happened but for some reason oh yeah bro girls girls be trying to play it crazy but I'll be honest if you're watching this you know you're trying to play it crazy it's like I'd be talking to her and she'd be acting disinterested so what I did is I just kind of like cut off communication for a good couple of days and like 
when I did that, it's like she just came. She just it just showed all her intentions. She just came right out. It was like, why are you ignoring me? Why aren't you talking to me? And I'm like, this, you know, she bad. So it was hard for me not to respond. <laughs> so I'm over here playing a game, playing a little Kofi game, whatever. So after that, she really messed with your boy. And I just realized how much she liked me. And like my girlfriend is the most genuine, beautiful woman of all time. So after that, you know, it was what it was. We started talking, man. I mean, one time we skipped school, man. We walked downtown. You know how y'all skip school or walk downtown, man. We walking downtown holding hands. She didn't lie to her mama about where she at. That's how I knew she liked me because it's like, man, you lying to your moms to be with Big Toe. You feel me? You lying to your moms to be with Big Toe. That mean you love Big Toe. That mean you really love Big Toe. You know what I'm saying? So that joke was cool. But, yeah, man, that's basically how I met my girlfriend. I'll tell y'all how we got in a relationship, too, because after we was talking for a minute, you know, like, we over here vibing, taking videos and stuff, but she not really the um, outgoing type. So at that point, we was just working through some things, cracking jokes. We talked for, like, six months, and I remember first time, and she used to work at McDonald's. So, <laughs> man, she was a Mickey D's worker back then. You feel me? She was trying to act like she. And at that point, I was working at Johnny Noodle King. I was broke, bummy, ugly, or disgusted. You feel me? But she was messing with your boy. Basically, long story short, after like five months of talking, I asked her to be my girlfriend. This how I knew she the one. Back then, I felt like this was corny. I mean, back yeah, back then, I felt like this was corny. But now, I feel like this is fire. I asked her out through like text message, man. She cut into me like, no, you can't be my boyfriend. I don't know if she was just mad at her mama that day, but like she cut into me on something serious. Like she going crazy. Like, no, you can't be my boyfriend. Like you ain't even asked me in front of my face. Like what what type of nigga are you? Like really trying to pull my card? I'm like, who is you talking to? Like I'm big toe. And like you already know when you get rejected, you either got, you, you got two things you can either do, bro. You can either move on from that point and you just know you really about to go harder and you just cut communication and for a minute i just wanted to cut communication but it just felt like she's so different like my girl not trying to be in everybody's face she the real definition of big toe and baby if you watching this like you the real definition of big toe you yourself all the time and that's why you the most beautiful woman i could ever ask for and like i'm not even just talking about outside like my girlfriend got a beautiful heart man she shows so much love and appreciation for not only me but people and, like, I just knew I couldn't let that go. So, after that, man, I ended up buying her a, a, a little, because I was working at Johnny Noodle King, I bought her a little J.C. JCPenney uh, bracelet. And I remember walking downtown, and I looked her in her eyes. I said, close your eyes. You feel me? I closed your eyes. I asked her, like, will you be my girlfriend? She said, yeah. I put the little bracelet. Tell me why, why I'm over here doing this. The construction worker yelled from across the street, like, oh, my God, he's proposing. Bro, we was, I was like... <laughs> bro i'm like 15 16 at the time like i'm not proposing like that was our funniest stuff man after that man she held me on the people mover whatever if y'all want to hear the story time about how she held me on the people mover man run this boy up but yeah i tell that another time but yeah that's basically how i met my girlfriend somebody wanted me to talk about um how i mentioned i had social anxiety yeah man like <laughs> even though i come in front of this camera i talk i'm not a really social person i don't like to go out much i got a lot of anxiety because when i grew up like i said so many people coming at me calling me seizure boy doing this doing that just made me realize like i ain't really fuck with people so it made me anxious to be around like big crowds of people and like i'm trying to overcome that now but 
it felt like for a long time I couldn't even really be my true self. And if I feel like I got a cap around you, I can't be myself. I don't want to be around you. So for a minute in life, it felt like I didn't want to be around nobody. Like I just want to be around Tori. And like I really experienced social anxiety and it's real. Like even when some of y'all reach out to me and like y'all talk to me about my podcast, like I don't know y'all. I don't know all of y'all. So it's like when you reach out, I don't know like if you just showing love, if you showing genuine love, if you got an agenda, like I feel like that's just like all of like the name calling and all of like the destructive stuff people did of me growing up and like seeing people switch up on their mans and stuff made me like super anxious to to be cool and to talk to people because I don't want nobody killing my dreams. Like when I was coming out with this podcast, I told like three people and I just think that's just that's it's just the anxiety. Like I get in the room, I see people I don't know, you know. I kind of get scared to talk. It's crazy because in business, like when it comes to networking and everything, I'm perfect. I could do that all day. But in a social setting, like I'm talking about just straight social, like show up at a bar by yourself. Like that just really like fucks with me. Like I don't, I don't seek validation from other people. So that's really something I big on. But yeah, me like just becoming my full self and stuff, it came with me like becoming socially anxious because I didn't care about other people's opinions, which is something I'm growing out of now. You feel me? I was just at the bar slamming drinks, you feel me, talking to people, like going crazy. So yeah, like I'm trying to overcome my social anxiety, but I did want to talk about it here that I am socially anxious. And if you ever get like a weird interaction from me or see me and you're like, dang, he don't speak. And he just seemed like he talks so much on his podcast. Like just know I suffer from some social anxiety, but you feel me? We gonna get through that. And I'm overcoming it. And thank you to all the people who helped me. Shout out to Selena. You feel me? Selena be talking to me about social anxiety. She real. Shout out to Kaylin too. Kaylin be talking to me about my social anxiety as well. Like, shout out to y'all. I really fuck with y'all. Uh, what's my favorite thing to do outside my podcast? Hang out with my friends and family. Like, that's really my favorite thing to do. And plug and connect people to opportunities. I do a lot of networking. Like, I just love helping people get somewhere that they might have not gotten to if I wasn't in their life. Like, I love coming to somebody's life and plugging in with something they didn't know before, putting them hip to something. Like, that's really what I big of. But I love just sitting around, cracking jokes with my family. Like, anytime I'm around the family, feel like we doing stand-up comedy. I also write poetry, you feel me? And I said that I would never, like, show y'all my poetry. But it's like, man, if y'all really want that, like, DM me and ask me, like, hey, toe, man. Will you drop an inspirational poem for us? And, man, y'all show some love, man. And I might actually do it. Like, that's me going outside my bubble. But, yeah, I just love to be creative. Um, I love to hang out with my girlfriend, too. That's probably, like, my most comfortable in that peace thing. Like, I go over to my girlfriend's house, man. She cook chicken alfredo, man. We sit there watch their originals. Like, I love hanging out with them. I like going to the movies. Like I said, I like going on walks. Um yeah, bro. I'm not really a big partier. I can't lie. That's that junk make my anxiety go crazy. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's really the stuff I like doing outside my podcast. <laughs> I'm also just love being <laughs> love being big toe. Play the game too. If you on GTA, hit me up. But yeah, like I just love doing things that engage who I am as a person. Like either expound my creative desire or just are things that I just like to do, like play basketball and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not really the most social person, like I said in an earlier topic. So most of the stuff I like to do is intimate, 
intimate settings and like i love hanging out with people one-on-one like i feel like we're not even really cool until i hang out with you one-on-one if we just mutually kick it in a group like yeah that group might have a relationship but we don't like if you ever hit me up i like talking to people one-on-one i like calling people I, I ain't too much of a great texter I like calling people so it's like I just love one-on-one interaction with people one-on-one interaction kick it back writing my poetry doing my art and being myself that's really what I really like to do uh how did I gain my skills professionally okay so when I was in high school I really I wasn't good in school so I had a 2.6 I ended up landing an internship at State Farm and I landed one at Quicken Loans so I knew that I wasn't good at doing school like I wasn't good at math so at this time I really wasn't my academic confidence was shot so I started to develop skills professionally I always loved to network and like I said I like to connect people to opportunities so it was like easy for me to start networking so I started networking with people um, higher ups at Quicken Loans higher up at State Farm and it just it just helped me build my skills because I just got around so many people and what you would really learn about me is I'm really a learner like if you teach me something I'm going to take time to learn and appreciate it. And that's really what how I gained my skills. Also, like I said, it's just connecting to people. And I was never afraid to ask for help. That's something big. If you're afraid to ask for help, it's going to be hard for you to gain skills professionally because you're not going to know everything. Like at MSU, I had like 42 different meetings with the resume advisor, with the career advisor in my college. You got to take time to actually be vulnerable enough to ask for help and no matter where i got to whether it was a scholarship getting into grad school if it was somebody around that i knew i would say man i don't really know too much about what's going on and i would literally ask them for help like that's really how i gained my skills and when i found out where i was going like grad school i networked like two years ahead of time and i was on the phone with the advisor like how does this work talking to people in the program, like, how does this work? Like, if you really want to get ahead in the game and you want to gain skills professionally, you got to be fearless. You got to, first, you got to be fearless, willing to jump out there. Two, you got to be willing to be uncomfortable in that way. And three, you got to be willing to ask for help. And I was all of those. I was always willing to ask for help. Academically, I was so scared to ask for help. But professionally, I was like, man, this is my route. So that's how I really did that. And then the experiences just kept building upon and people started seeing I was a great public speaker and I was a great person and I could really do work. Like outside of the classroom, I could really do work. And then in college, I ended up getting to college and the academics caught up with my work ethic and all of my um, soft skills and everything. And then boom, big toe, you <laughs> feel me? That's exactly how that happened. So that's how I gained my skills professionally. Like I said, being fearless, being uncomfortable and being willing to network. I mean, yeah, being fearless, being uncomfortable and willing to network. And I forget number three, man, but run that back, you <laughs> feel me? Number three, y'all already know what that is. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. What did I say, Marshawn? I'm just playing, bro. Don't even, don't even get out there. But, yeah, I, I was fearless. I was willing to network. And three, I just remember it, willing to ask for help. So be willing to ask for help. Be fearless. And be comfortable being uncomfortable. Do a flip. This is what I mean for do a flip. Y'all, I get on this podcast. I want to talk to y'all about life. I want to talk to y'all about real stuff. I'm funny, and I throw some jokes in there. But, like, bro, don't expect me to be a comedian. Like, I just really want y'all to know that. Like, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a on-demand joke. Like, bro, don't. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas? Like, y'all want me to get on here and be like, boy, built like a 2002 Saturn. Like, go in on people. Like, and, yeah, that's kind of like who I am. 
But in the same token, man, if you really want to understand Tori, that's why I did this episode, man. Understand different sides of me. Like, I'm not a I'm not a comedian. Like, bro, if I don't know you, I'm not about to sit up here cracking a million jokes in front of you. Now I got some episodes where I can really get into some funny stuff, but y'all gotta support. You feel me? But yeah, man, stop stop hitting me up just asking me to do a joke or like i'm trying to put out real content it's enough bullshit content on the internet if you want to well watch a comedian man go tap into like country wayne my nigga jeremiah phillips or one of them but bro i'm not a comedian bro like i crack a joke here and there but do not come up to me just on some random stuff you don't know me at all you like hey big toe bro crack a joke like bro fuck out of here bro who the fuck is you bro lame ass nigga bro over here built like jason pitt's kneecaps you ugly ass nigga boy get the fuck out of my face like, bro, don't, don't do that junk, bro. That shit piss me off. Everybody like, crack a joke, crack a joke, crack a joke. Oh, you're spitting real shit. You want a nigga crack a joke, bro. Everything ain't fucking funny. Ugly ass nigga. You feel me? But, uh, 11, have you ever experienced depression? Yes, I have experienced depression. And I've been depressed before because, like I said, in the time of me finding myself and accepting the fact that I was different, it was depressing because I didn't know other people like me and, I would try to like hang out with my big brother and like hover around him, but that really like killed my self identity. And when times he wouldn't want to hang out, nobody would really hang out with me. So I found myself being alone a lot and I found myself being depressed because at a time I was doing bad in school. I wasn't doing good socially. I didn't have my girlfriend. I wasn't excelling professionally. Like 10th grade, I really hit rock bottom. I had nothing. My brother had just won the Bill Gates Millennium Scholarship. Everybody was looking at me like, how he went into Bill Gates, you getting tutus. Like, I was really depressed. So, yeah, I have experienced depression. And I think it's easy. I mean, not easy. I think it's easy for people to sit here and say, oh, this is the one way you get out of depression. But it's really fit to the person. Like I said, that's how I became big toe. I just accepted who I was and took part in my journey. And instead of trying to be somebody else, I became myself. I, man, my brother can do a math right. He can study the day before an exam and go ace it, man. I'm not like that. So I had to take time to understand who I am. And I went and did the things that made me great for who I am. And then before you know it, when my academics caught up, I was the GOAT. Fuck Trey. <laughs> Trey, if you're watching this, I love you. But man, I, he wasn't messing with me when I went and became who I really was. So like, I feel like depression it can get to you and it's definitely a real thing and I don't want to act like it's not real because it very much is so if you are going through depression or experiencing depression um, I hope you can find some outlets that you can be creative in that can make you feel a little bit better I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm super informed on how to get out of depression um, I feel like it's a different process for everybody but just know that like if you need somebody to talk to and if you need somebody who can be there for you in a way please reach out and let me know. Uh, I don't always try to come on here and act like I know everything. I don't, but I do want to be a resource. So, you know, if you experience a depression, it feels like nobody cares about you. I just want you to know just for watching this and not just because you're watching it, but just because you're a person on this earth. I care about you and you can reach out to me. But yeah, I've definitely experienced some depression before. What motivates you to work hard and keep going? I would say the thing that motivates me is that I never thought I was going to get to this point. Like I said, I had that seizure disorder and it, it felt like, man, will I ever just be normal? Can I go to school five days after week? Can I do stuff that other kids do? So for me, I didn't have the opportunity to take things for granted. 
So I had to work hard. And like, it made me just feel like, dang, I made it this far. Like, like right with all my life, I've been working so hard. You feel me? So that's like how yesterday felt. Like when I could see that, all right, man, I put in some work and it's the result. Like when I kept getting that and it's really just the opportunity to break barriers for people like me who, who had different health situations, who look like me, who from my neighborhood, man, me and my brother, one of the the only people from Joy Road, like, to really go to college, to really do it big in, like, the professional space, you feel me, that I've seen come off my block. And even to my people watching this junk from the block, man, shout out to y'all, man. I appreciate y'all supporting. But, yeah, like, that junk motivated me. Every time I came home, I see a new house knocked down. Like, I see the way my community looks. That motivated me, too, to just keep working hard and just keep going because if you let – like all of these barriers deter deter you you're gonna be defined by your struggles and you don't want to be defined by your struggles and i'm gonna get into that on a later podcast but yeah what motivated me to work is the opportunity of a better tomorrow i knew if i worked hard i could grow up i mean i could raise my kids in a better situation than i did financially mentally emotionally and i just knew if i worked a little bit harder you feel me that I could open some doors like I grew up I did not grow up with a lot of money so it's like you got to get it and it's when you come from the hood it's only a couple ways to get it and I didn't like the other ways that people got it so I had to go get it for myself so like I said just that underdog mentality knowing tomorrow wasn't promised knowing I could go to sleep right now and have a seizure motivates me to be like man I'm gonna max out because if I ever do run into you feel me those health problems again I'm gonna be ready for it so it's like I'm motivated. Like, I'm motivated to just be able to walk. It was days I couldn't walk. It was days I had to reteach myself how to walk. I'm motivated to just keep going because it's people like me who they wasn't as lucky as me to not have seizures no more. They wasn't as lucky as me to make it out their neighborhood. They wasn't as lucky as me to do these things. So it's like, man, I'm grounded for the people who don't get to ground for themselves, man. I'm grounded for my future generations. I'm grounded for my girl. I'm grounded for me and I'm grounded for peace because I think a lot of times we talk about generational wealth. But do we talk about generational peace? I want my generation after me to be happier and live a more stress-free life than I did. I want them to be a little bit happier than I was. And that's where I really work hard for generational peace, generational happiness. I want my next generation to be a little bit happier than me. So I got a ground for that. And I just, I really want to find out the essence of who Tori is. And I feel like me exploring different opportunities socially, professionally helps me do that. So that's what really motivates me to work hard and keep going because I'm getting closer to being the truest form of Big Toe and it's right around the corner. And I'm right there. I'm knocking on the door. And I can feel it. Every day I wake up, I feel like I could do something else great. And I see how it inspired my people. From me coming out of my platform, I got a hell of friends that say, oh, they dropping the clothing line. Now they doing this. They doing that. It's like, man, just the, just the impression you can have on people. Like, you can really change somebody's life with words you say or what actions you do. And that's what motivates me, man. I want to change some of my people's reality. I want to change my own. And I want to find the true essence of who Tori is and discover peace that's what really motivates me what's my biggest fear um getting shot in the ass <laughs> you feel me <laughs> that's my biggest fear i ain't gonna lie to you i ain't gonna lie not even just getting shot but getting shot in the ass specifically i'm gonna talk about that on the next podcast uh, what's <laughs> you feel me what's my biggest goal biggest goal 
like I said, to find peace because I feel like money, somebody could write me a check today for 20 million. Like, would that make me happy for the moment? But would it make me happy for the rest of my life? No. So my biggest goal is to find out who I am and to discover peace, discover peace that everything isn't going to go my way, discover peace with people that have done me wrong. Yeah. So like discovering like peace, forgiveness while still being financially stable and growing and really building a family where they're better off than I was. Like, I just want my kids to be really happy. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's my girl, just how much she show love. But man, I just been, I, I ain't, I don't got baby fever or nothing, but I just be thinking like, man, I'm balling out already. Like I'm going crazy. Like I'll be a, I'd be a cool ass dad. You feel me? So it's like, I just be thinking about that. Like, that's my biggest goal is like making sure my future family is straight because my parents sacrificed for me. And like, that's just, yeah, my biggest goal is finding peace, finding love, finding joy, finding forgiveness, finding out who Tori really is. That's my biggest goal. Where I see myself five years from now. I honestly don't know, man. Five years ago, I would have told y'all, like, man, I'll go to college, graduate with a 2.2, man, and get up out of there and go work a, a $30,000 job. And I'm not, if you did that, I'm not over here talking about you, but I'm saying I couldn't even see where I was going to be. So I'm not going to put no limit on it, man. Hopefully, my podcast is booming. We making millions off of this. We got other stuff going on. We supporting black businesses. Hopefully, things is going great. That's really all I really want from the for myself in five years. I, I hope I really grow mentally. I want to grow more mentally and just surround myself with more people, have more diverse experiences. I want to travel out the country more, um, discover and like research different ways of life, different religions, different cultures. And yeah, I just hope that I'm, like I said a million times on this, finding the essence of who I am even more. So I'm not going to put no cap on where I'm going to be five years from now, but I'm excited to see. And overall, I'm happy if you got to the end of this episode and you watched and you learned a little bit more about who I am as a person. I appreciate you. You feel me? And shoot me a DM about how you feel about the episode. And I really just want to take this time to open up to y'all because I know sometimes I might DM you and you might feel like, man, this man, Tori, always asking me to repost or asking me to do this. But I put my heart and soul into this podcast and thing. And I want to get to know y'all more. I want us to have funny times. I want us to have informational learning times i want us to have all different type of times so it's like just share this with somebody just help me grow this platform i'm looking for all the feedback i can but just just help me grow i really care about this and i really care about y'all and i've made some personal connections with y'all and i appreciate y'all so before i get out of here i'm gonna shout out a couple people Jaden, shout out to you and my nigga marmar yeah, Mar two times he over there. Shout out to Trey. Shout out to Taj. Shout out to Kara. Shout out to Sydney. Shout out to Claire. Uh, shout out to my baby Aviance. I, I don't name her first because I every time I talk about her, I'm gonna go off on a tangent about how much I love her. And y'all be flaming me. I'm not about to. Shout out to you, baby. I love you. Fuck what these people be saying. You feel me? Uh, uh, shout out to Kaylin. Shout out to Selena. She cool. Shout out to Bruce yeah man shout out to everybody who supports shout out to you for watching it shout out to all the people who repost shout out to jay coop you feel me <laughs> shout out to my boy kingsley shout out to justin mccree shout out to my shout out to leah you feel me shout out to everybody who show love so yeah man like
thank you for tuning in to this episode. I hope you learned a little bit more about me. But one thing you should have learned if you watched this episode, you can be whoever you want to be. Finding the truest definition of who you are is being big toe. But you can never be big toe. And I'm out. Peace.